Grace, mercy, and peace be with you. These are gifts from God, our Heavenly Father, through our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's good to be together here tonight as you've chosen to join us here at Redeemer for Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday, as you know, uh, begins the 40 days of Lent as we journey with Jesus to the cross and to suffer through his cross, but then to rejoice with him as his resurrection as well. Ash Wednesday is a a day celebrated throughout of all Christianity. Churches throughout the world uh, set apart this solemn day. In fact, earlier today I was over at the PEEF and I was done with a workout and went into the sauna and I was talking to two college students there and the one college student said to his friend, I hope these ashes on my head don't uh, get in my eye while I'm sweating here in the sauna, which created a really neat opportunity to talk a little bit about our faith. And so Ash Wednesday is a a special day where we kick off uh, our season to to reflect and to uh, bring forth a season of repentance in our hearts as we prepare and realize all that Christ has done for us. And here at Redeemer, during these uh, midweek services, what we're going to be doing is focusing in on different teachings of Christ, actually different parables that Jesus taught throughout his earthly ministry And as we heard read here from our gospel reading, we have the parable here of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Now, on the surface, this parable seems to be just a a nice lesson on morality, right? A a, a nice lesson on uh, how pride is bad and humility is good. And in fact, in Jesus' statement at the end, he says, anyone who exalts himself will be humbled And he who humbles himself will be exalted. So maybe we just end with that and say amen and we go home for the night, you know? Pride bad, humility good. But I think as you know, when we look to the teachings of Christ, there's so much more than just simple teachings of morality, aren't they? I mean, to take a quick look and to just get a surface of that is kind of like if you would go through an art museum on roller skates and not really take in the beauty of the work that's before you. And I'll just take a little morality from the Bible here and here's a little quip to put up on my refrigerator and not really catch the meat of what Christ is saying to us. To keep it superficial or to keep it on the surface would be to read it not as God intended. And so we look today at this parable and sure it does deal with pride and it does deal with humility but it deals with so much as well. In fact, there's an old proverb that goes, self-praise smells bad, right? And maybe you've kind of experienced that when somebody starts bragging about their self, you kind of don't even really want to be in the room all that much. And as you look at the Pharisee, you can see that this Pharisee, he is filled with self-praise, isn't he? I mean, it's like he's filling out the application of the Pharisee of the Year Award, and he's trying to win it, right? And so he puts forth his prayer. And one commentator studying this verse says that, notices that maybe this Pharisee suffers from first-person singularitis, is what he calls it, okay? Because if you listen to his prayer, listen to how many times he talks about that unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself, it says. God, I thank you that I am not like other men. I'm not like robbers and evildoers and those adulterers or even like this tax collector over here. I fast twice a week 
and I give a tenth of all that I get. And you hear that prayer and you say, well, look at you. Aren't you special? Right? I mean, you've just showed me how special you are. I mean, just ask him, right? It reminds me of the story of a young executive who had invited his boss over to dinner to uh, just be a good employee and get to know the boss he's working for. And everything was beautifully prepared for this night together where the dinner was going well. But several times throughout the conversation, the boss kept repeating, well, you know I am a self-made man. And he kept saying that he was a self-made man, and he said it once too often, in which the young executive's eight-year-old daughter blurted out, Daddy, if he's a self-made man, why did he make himself that way? (laughs) You know? Well, the Pharisee in this story was a self-made man also. And I think like the eight-year-old, we could ask ourselves, why did he make himself that way? And the reason for that is quite simple, because he believed that by his fasting twice a week, that he believed by giving to God a a tenth of all that he had, even even dividing it down into his smallest uh, uh, spices of mint, dill, and cumin, and and doing better at giving his tenth than anyone else, he, he thought that by doing those things, He thought like his morality, which was so much higher than the people around him, that because he could distinguish himself with everything he was doing, that he would be seen as impressive before God. And you know what makes this story amazing is that the original hearers of this story in Jesus' time would have looked to this Pharisee, this proud guy, and they would have said by cultural standards, yeah, he is a good guy. He keeps the law. He's a religious man. He's a good guy. And by cultural standards, they would have looked at that tax collector and they would have said, he's a scoundrel. He's sold out his own people. He's collecting revenue for Rome. And so it's amazing that when Jesus tells this story, that the Pharisee turns out to be the bad guy. And the tax collector actually turns out to be the good guy. And so what an amazing reversal of roles that Jesus puts forth for his listeners. And as I said, we would do a disservice if we just say, well, okay, the Pharisee was proud and the tax collector was humble and that's the only thing, that one was good and and one was bad. But, But you have to look at why does Jesus tell this story? And sometimes we miss that little detail, but right at the beginning of our gospel, it says that Jesus told this parable to some who were what? Some who were confident of their own self-righteousness and who looked down on everybody else. And so Jesus wanted to teach them something. Jesus wanted the people who thought that they made themselves righteous to really understand what makes a person righteous in the eyes of God. In fact, Jesus says one of them, went home justified. One of them went home made right with God. You see, if you're going to be justified by God, it can't come from yourself. It comes outside of ourselves from our loving Savior. And if you look at these prayers, the Pharisee never asked God for anything. He just showcased how good he thought he was. 
But the tax collector couldn't even look up to heaven. He was totally dependent on God, and he was there begging and falling at the mercy. It was like he was a dying man. But in essence, really, both men were dying, weren't they? The Pharisee was dying of self-righteousness, and he didn't even know it. The tax collector was dead in his sin, but he was totally aware of it, and he knew where to go to find mercy, grace, and peace. And we are in that same boat, and we know where to go to find our mercy, grace, and peace. It's in our Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is where I think this parable kind of hits home for us tonight, because as we assemble here in the house of God, as we come together as the people of God, as, as, as we get into Lent, which now for many of us calls us to more worship services, right? Maybe more attention to God. Maybe it calls you to more attention to his word. Maybe you have the tradition of giving something up for the season of Lent. You know, use those things for the blessings that they, that they are in your life. But just remember the words of Jesus, that you are not justified, I am not justified by how many hours I spend at church or my spiritual pedigree or how well I know the Bible or how well I take care of giving to others or how well I, I do this, that, or the other thing that's a spiritual discipline. No, we are justified only by grace through faith in the, in the living Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is not by anything we can do as Ephesians says, lest any of us boast. And so as we are here on this Ash Wednesday, as we wear the sign of, of our mortality, right? The dust that we are, the dust that we overturn, the words spoken to Adam in his sin, it yet is shaped in the sign of a cross, the sign of hope, the sign of salvation that comes to us for a God who loves us. And as we repent from being like the Pharisee who trusts in ourselves, we turn our hearts to who we can truly trust in. And trust in our Savior. And trust in Jesus and his perfect righteousness. Who, as we will commemorate and continue to worship, will go to the cross and pay for all of these our sins. And he will die violently, but he will be risen again victoriously. And it's because of Jesus Christ that we, as these humble people, can say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And by his grace, like the tax collector, we can go home this night as people who have been justified by God through the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses all of our understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, the one who justifies us through his blood. Amen.